What's up, everybody? Good morning. I'm having a wonderful morning. Welcome to The Recoup. I'm Coop. If you're joining me on YouTube or Twitter or listening on the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, you know, rate the podcast, do all the things that you know you're supposed to do with these things. You know what I mean? And if you're watching on Twitter and you want to participate in this epic chat that I'm sure is uh, making fun of me for not knowing I was live a few moments ago, uh, come on over to YouTube. But uh, either way, I'm glad to have you. What's going on? How are we doing? Me? I've had a weird morning. I've had a weird morning. I woke up at 3.50 ahead of my alarm, 45 minutes before my alarm. When you wake up at 3.50 a.m. and you're 45 minutes before your alarm, it's annoying. You know what I mean? And then you come out here and you don't have internet. You're like, all right, well, I still have over two hours until this thing starts. So I'm sure the internet will come back. You do all the restarting. You do the, the router and the things, all the things that work in the past and none of it worked, folks. And then eventually I said, you know what? I'll just try to do a hotspot on my phone, even though I think it's going to be glitchy and terrible. And uh, making sure everything is okay here. Even though it's going to be glitchy and terrible. And then right at that moment, my internet came back on. We're here. It's Friday. And that's that. Let's look at this chat. What's up, CJ? Hit that like button. Do it. Do it. All right. Let's see. Hello again, he said. <laughs> Little private moment for the viewers. I was sitting there looking at myself, trying to set up the you know, make sure that you don't see the outer edges of the background. And uh, I was like, wait a second. Usually I don't see myself. What's going on? And uh, it was because I forgot to turn on the other screen or turn off this screen. Man, I don't know. Um, I haven't really looked at prices this morning. I did when I first woke up a couple hours ago and it was at like Bitcoin was at 30,100 at that point. It's been fighting for its dear life at 30,000, trying to hold this upward momentum. Um, will it hold? I think fear and greed. Uh, you know what? We should look at fear and greed. I don't have that queued up. Since I came back, I haven't been doing fear and greed, but I'm sure we're in the greedy part of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are like, okay. There's a shoe to drop with Binance or is there, but I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Criminal charges of some sort probably are coming from the Department of Justice at some point that is looming, right? But where does Bitcoin go and how affected will Bitcoin be? And, uh, you know, these are the questions that a paranoid person may have, but we're in the moment right now and everybody's excited about all these ETFs. Bitcoin does have some momentum. And it does appear like in other bear markets, Bitcoin is going to separate itself from the pack, which is um, often called Bitcoin dominance. And I think um, we should all think about that for a second. When you're thinking about risk management and you're thinking about this space in general, and let's say you're 
you're on the sidelines. Let's say you have been sidelined a bit with some cash and you're worried about things like um, CZ and another big thing, another big, you know, cleansing down, you know, take, take out the, you know, the shorts on the way up and take down the longs on the way down. You know, they, they rinse and repeat type of stuff. When you're thinking about it, though, but then at the same time, you got Balaji and you got uh, Michael Saylor and you have BlackRock. You have that all dancing in your mind and you're a little FOMO. You don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out. So and maybe you want to buy some algo or dot or link or whatever the hell you like. And. uh but you just don't want to buy it now. So my point is, I'm kind of rambling right now. Jesus, why jump into something like this before you get warmed up? You know what I mean? But all I'm saying is, is that, you know, Bitcoin, if you want to hedge against it going parabolic on you, it might be a good place to be. Because if Bitcoin goes down, then all the alts are going down. So you're going to still be able to get those alts that you were looking to get at a similar ratio to Bitcoin, probably at a better ratio. Now, obviously, if it goes down, you would have been better off holding fiat or stables, but um, but you're, risk, you're hedging against the risk that Bitcoin goes parabolic. So you sit in Bitcoin, and then if Bitcoin starts to go down, then the alts go down. Well, you can still swap into your favorite alt at a similar ratio, or if Bitcoin goes up, and alts go down, then you're in a much stronger position to swap into it. So anyways, a little bit about just thinking about these things, about Bitcoin, Bitcoin dominance. Is it going to separate? I think that that probably is true. I think we're seeing all of the recipe, we're seeing the all of the ingredients for a wonderful Bitcoin dominance meal. So yeah, if you're if you're crypto heavy and you're looking to enter even more into alts, it might not be the worst idea to sit in some Bitcoin to hedge against the chance that Bitcoin could go parabolic. Are we doing okay? How are we doing? Did you follow that? I barely followed that. That felt like, you know what that felt like to me? My wife pretty much hates crypto, right? And on occasion, I mean, she, she owns some, but she just, she thinks, you know, she's, she's a normie or whatever. It's all good. She's um, she she delivers in other ways. But my point is, is every time that I try to talk to her, uh, educate her on this stuff, I felt like I felt like I just did right now trying to explain that. It's like I'm talking to a wall. Instead, right now I'm talking to myself. Frustrated. Okay, I'm out of sugar. Jack and Coke. What are we doing? Does it count him being on time if he turns his camera on early? (laughs) Yes. There we go. We're doing this great. What's up, Mr. Joker? Ludo, Swenner. Uh, Mr. Joker already said that Chris Cooper, what a great Friday show. One of the best. Here we go. Did someone clip that? How's it going on that hotspot today? LOL. Internet was down for a lot of folks this morning. So it's not just you, huh? All right. There we go. Cool. I'm glad it wasn't just me. It was down for a couple hours. It came back right on time. Native. Good morning. I got a Scully fun friend that looks a lot like me. I think that's going to be my profile picture. And if you didn't know, the artist behind um, Freaky, Freakio, Freakies, Freak Club, Little Freak Club. It's also the artist behind Scully Friends. Love both of them. Big advocates of the Algorand ecosystem. Strong supporters of the show. Internet friends, all of it. Hello again, Mr. Joker. 
hit that like button. Oh, well, we got a military man in here being like, uh, yeah, our military internet was down throughout the uh, MCEN. I don't know what that means. That sounds like something that maybe some people know what it means. Or Marine Corps Network. So I knew it was pretty bad. It started yesterday evening and just went downhill, but it's all good now. Well, there we go. Morning, what's up, Cathal? Cothal? Cothal? I'm not sure how to say that, but you're a familiar face and happy to have you back. Okay, so we're all kind of struggling with the internet. I'm not crazy. That's good. Coop, poker tournament tonight at Algorand Casino. So everybody go check out Algorand Casino. They got some Coop coin prizes. That's pretty cool. Um, my wife is the same, but here we are. Instead of sitting at a dinner early in the morning, a diner early in the morning, we're on YouTube watching our buddy. See, you know what I mean? Like all that diner was going to do was have a nice little connection. You probably were just going to get into an argument, right? <laughs> or is that just my relationship? Oh, God. When is it going to get easier? When is somebody... Oh, never mind. I'm not going there. Jeez, you guys, sometimes I do feel like you're either my therapist or my friends, and I have to remember that I'm just widely posting this to the world. <laughs> so maybe don't air your dirty laundry, bro. All right, uh, here we go. Christian... GM, hmm, he says. Uh, good morning. Good morning, chat. All right, there we go. Cool. So, okay. I think we should just dive in. I don't know what uh, Christian was saying hmm to, but he might be probably my Bitcoin dominance um, speech. Okay. There's a noise that happens in this room from uh, an appliance, and it's loud, and it just went off. I feel at peace. So let's check CNBC. Military man, you know it's me. <laughs> Always spreading the knowledge. Glad to see you in smiles this morning and this Friday. There we go. Friday's a great day. Um, you know, it's the day that everybody, most of you are get your last day of work for the week. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a microphone in front of me. I'm talking in the morning. All right. I'm going to keep singing like that, folks. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, share the screen and get to looking. A lot of things happened. There was some... Technical um, upgrades for Algorand. Did we see that? We'll look at that. Uh, oh, I, I turned on an ad blocker and CNBC is mad at me. I will not support you. I don't support you, CNBC. I don't support you at all. All right, let's share that screen. And let's go. Yeah, so I, I uh, oh, so futures are looking bleak. What's going down? What happened? What did you guys do? Uh, Dow is down over 200 points. NASDAQ is down almost 200 points. So that probably means that Bitcoin fell below 30, even though it hasn't exactly been uh, marching lockstep. Goldman Sachs faces big write down on CEO David Solomon's ill fated green sky deal. Starbucks union says workers at 150 stores will strike over pride decor. Okay, they don't like that pride decor. No rainbow flags for those Starbucks workers. All right, Meta to pull news from Facebook and Instagram in Canada. Oh, we got big news over there um, involving Meta. We're gonna get to that. Maybe we'll go there. <laughs> we'll go there soon. Um, all right, all right, nothing. I'm just like reading shit. Okay, here we go. Uh, Biden says his dictator comment on Xi has no real consequence. I guess. Okay. Fed chair Powell says smaller banks likely will be exempt from higher. Oh, this is funny. Look at this picture they use. This was the, um, can I see the, yeah. <laughs> Come on. 
Like, look at this. This was the main photo before I went to bed on um, last night. And uh, yeah, it looks like he's having a stroke. Trying to be like, ooh, there's a box. All right. So yeah, foul, foul. Powell looks bad in that picture. If you're on the podcast, you can go to CNBC and check out the article it, or my, uh, my Twitter feed because I posted about it. All right. Let's go to Bloomberg. Funny that it took me, what, five months to just put on an ad blocker? <laughs> Makes this so much easier. Oh, boy. All right. The world's empty office buildings have become a debt time bomb. I mean, yeah. It's been pretty obvious where I live for three years now. Aims that got backstop for billions in uninsured SVB deposits. Okay, we're not going to read that but it's sort of interesting. Um, anything new is what we're looking for here. Crypto traders are betting on Asia as a haven after U.S. crackdown. Steve Cohen, isn't that the guy that owns the Mets? Or is, is he... Trading platform that raised millions of dollars in a round backed by Steve Cohen's 0.72 Ventures is shutting down one of its digital asset offerings. 24 Exchange. Never heard of it. They're shutting down their spot market. Based in Bermuda, it serves banking and other... Okay, this is boring. Nobody cares about 24 Exchange. I think that they're trying to do 24-hour stock trading. which is probably a mess and not the best idea to be trading stocks after hours, even if Steve Cohen is giving you the opportunity. All right, where's crypto? All right, Bitcoin, okay, nothing. Don't care, Coindesk. Well, well. Yeah, no, it's not um, tracking futures at all. Bitcoin's at 30. It's up even uh, like 30 bucks since I saw it earlier this morning. I mean, it's in the red, but yesterday, I guess, was pretty good. Bitcoin cash price spikes to four-month high. Open interest rises to 77%. That's a easy short at some point. Like, who cares about Bitcoin cash? Um JP Morgan expands its blockchain-based token to Euro payments. Uh, was that JP Morgan coin or something? Crypto ban may not be best approach to balance risk. Demand, International Monetary Fund. What are you saying, IMF? The IMF recommended that countries focus on addressing the drivers of crypto demand and unmet digital payment needs. While a few countries have completely banned crypto assets given their risks, this approach may not be effective in the long run, the IMF said. The region should instead focus on 
Um, the IMF said in a website post about interest in central bank digital currency adoption in Latin America and the Caribbean, the region should instead focus on addressing the drivers of crypto demand, including citizens' unmet digital payment needs and on improving transparency by recording crypto asset transactions and national statistics. Okay. All right. Do any of you psychopaths um, with your mouse use the smooth scroll thing and not the like, what is that called? Where there's a little bit of like, you feel it when you scroll because I can't do that like slippery mouse thing. It's, it, it doesn't work for me. Are any of you psychos, sociopaths that just do the smooth scroll? All right. Am I the, am I the weirdo? Okay, so we got CoinMarketCap telling me that there's no internet, but there is internet. Pepe, it's down 5%. I'll share this tab instead. Okay, Bitcoin is about even. Volume is low. So, you know, we're pumping in a low volume environment. I mean, that's better than it was earlier in the week. Ethereum sitting right under 1900. You know, so Bitcoin is up about... 18% over the last week and sideways for the last day. Ethereum is um, up 12.5% over the last week and um, slightly down over the last day. XRP glued to 49 cents. Cardano sub 30 cents. Pretty low volume overall, but it is ticking up. Polka dot, dot trying to take back $5, up 13%. Slightly up over the last day. VeChain, VeChain got some good news. They, um, for the token at least, they are being considered, they're in the queue to be supported by Coinbase, which probably if you're a VeChain supporter, makes you feel good about its potential as not being considered a security by the SEC because you would think that the that Coinbase would be proceeding with immense amount of caution with the tokens that it supports in the future as to not exasperate the problem with the SEC. They're up 25% over the last week. So outperforming the market in that capacity. Quant slightly up, nears around $1.30. Stacks, big time um, outperforming. Our buddy Crypto for Change seemed to have a problem with the Hero Wallet. I don't know if you're in the chat crypto for change but if you are i'd like to know how that's going it did was there something on your side or was it truly just your hero wallet got drained maybe we'll find more out about that algorand number 43 begging for 13 cents it's almost there up 15 percent over the last week algorand's had a little bit of a bounce back um comparatively to the market because they were you know no longer considered the only one in town, only, you know, layer one in town that was being singled out by the SEC. Okay. All right, there we go. The only one in town. What's gold look like? 
Gold is pushing up a little bit in you know, recent, down over the last 30 days, but uh up 18 bucks in the last 24 hours, I guess. And um yeah, 1932. It's been pretty strong, you know, it's been pretty consistent in that 1900 to 2000 range. Silver is probably similar, about 24, I bet. Oh no. Silver pushed down to 22 and a half cents. Um, that is down over the last six months and 30 days. A lot of people mention gold and silver when they talk about a BlackRock Bitcoin ETF and be like, oh, great. So now BlackRock is going to manipulate the Bitcoin market just like it does the gold and silver market. Fantastic. We got that. I want to look at the Bitcoin fear and greed. So look at that chart for a second. Cue this up. I guess we'll go to coin stats. Is that a good one? Okay. I don't. Maybe later. Okay. Maybe later. Okay. So it's not quite as uh, greedy as I thought. It only got the worst it got was um, eighty four when Bitcoin was at sixty eight thousand. So you know, a lot of you out there may have entered into cryptocurrency um, in the bull market, and you bought into a lot of these things. Bitcoin's going to a hundred thousand, and you know all your alts were going to moon. You were going to buy a yacht, and you're going to have um, you know I don't know whatever you wanted. You're going to eat lots of tomahawk steaks with shaved white truffles and uh, everything you want, uh, you know, fast cars. Anyways, but you entered in a, in a bull market. So at when greed was at an 84. So, you know, in the next bull market, you know, next year is the having the happening in, um, in, uh, in Bitcoin. And when extreme greed gets to 84, that's the time to take profits. Now, this right here would also be something that you might want to look at. You guys can see all this, right? Yeah. Last week, we were in fear at 47. And then in just one week's time, we've jumped 18 points to 60. Greed over here. So we're still in this box. It's not like we're over here, but uh, that's a big jump. So if you bought last week and you're a short-term trader, I'm sure you, you know what you're doing and you're probably, you are taking profits. If you're a long, just go long. You know what I mean? If you're a bull, this wants to hold and that's your strategy. Ignore what I'm talking about. All right. Let's go to Vestige real quick. Let's check in. Look at that. Look at this. Look at you. Hey. Um, all right. John Woods. KuCoin, John Woods. Let's see. KuCoin's making a comeback. 15-minute chart. You get up here, and then people sell it to hell, and then they bring it back up. But look at that. 
It's knocking on four cents. It's up 26.5% over the last 24 hours. TVL is pretty strong still at um, just under 150,000. And the market cap is pushing. It's getting near 700,000. Volume is uh, 47,000. Looking pretty strong right now. Looks like, what, there's 27 people watching this. That's cool. What about John Woods? Oh, John Woods, you disappeared. Oh, no, you are. Look at that candle. Sold it, and then boom. Johnny Woods. Dropped, and then there we go. So I don't really know. what. It, in the last hour, it's up 16%. Last 24 hours, it's up 26%. Now, this is a much dicier situation than KubeCoin because you have only $8,000 in TVL and the volume is much lower, uh, just sub 2,000. The market cap is 17,000. Pepe. Looks like that. In the last 15 minutes. So whatever. I care about Pepe right now. Chips still atop the leaderboard with nearly, um, well, 800,000 TVL, nearly 5 million market cap. You know, not a whole lot of movement. DFly is looking better. It's been uh, performing. They've, they've got, they got the, a grant recently to build some cool stuff about, you know, seed recovery and easy seed memory and all that crap. I don't really know. I need to look into it more, but that's looking pretty good. Opulus at seven cents. So that's pushing down the last 24 hours. It's down almost 15%. There you go. Not sure what's going down there, but TVL is 232,000 and the market cap is 13, almost 14 million with a lot of volume in the last uh, 24 hours, 50,000, 50, almost 51,000. KubeCoin, um, there is a TVL battle happening between KubeCoin and Vestige. Looks like KubeCoin is on top by almost $1,000 right now. Up 27% in the last 24 hours, up 7% in the last hour. And uh, Vestige is pushed down a bit over the last time. They, they had a pretty red candle there. But uh, volume is low there with only 4,000. All right, enough. Akita, another great meme coin in the Algorand ecosystem. They have a, a great website. You know, Akita is great. And their market cap is almost a half million. TVL 83,000 with over $1,000 volume. Sweet. Cool. So what do you guys think? Let's go back to you guys, see what you're saying. And... Um, what are you guys saying? Hey, Prithvi, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Coinbase, the kind of assholes that will let you pick up VeChain, but not give you the Vitho. Gotta admit, don't know what that means. I don't know what the Vitho is. You guys know what the Vitho is? I don't know what that is. Psychopaths keep ketchup outside the fridge. I don't do that. I don't do that. What about uh, maple syrup? Where do you guys keep your maple syrup? 
Uh, Bitcoin Cash is one of the offerings. I know it's on. It, it's one of the ones that they all the institutions know. Like if you ask anybody, they know about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then they probably know about Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. I have to say, and look, this is <laughs> the worst take in the history of mankind. But of all these assholes in Washington, I have to say, Jerome Powell is the least is one of the least offensive. Like if you, you may, if you lined up, if I had to, we were playing kickball in Washington, and for some reason kickball had something to do with uh, all of the, the the economy, I gotta say, like if it's Janet, Gary. And, uh, you know, whoever else, Elizabeth and uh, Sherrod, I mean, I don't even, he's not really even an economist. But if, if you lined them all up, I'd be like, all right, I take Jay Powell, even though it looks like he's having a stroke on CNBC. Um, I take him. So I don't know. He seems at least to talk sense on some level. And he also just talks very calmly. And he sort of looks like my brother-in-law. All right. JP Morgan will have Onyx. Not sure if it's live yet though maybe somebody's going to tell me when i get to the bottom of this what vetho is uh some people keep ketchup in the fridge oh i i keep ketchup in the fridge um <laughs> okay uh psychopaths keep ketchup outside the fridge. okay so we're having a ketchup argument okay let's move past that for all the listeners on the podcast uh spin that mouse wheel like the wheel of fortune to get down to algorand <laughs> that's pretty funny that's why you know what i'd get to algorand too fast if i had that smooth scroll because i would just go but with this with the uh with the tread it allows me to actually see all you know the 477 cryptocurrencies ahead of algorand on coin market cap okay we're gonna find out about this veto thing morning hookers and blow okay sounds like fun uh trading account was up 35 percent this week there you go mr joker so well i guess my point is is uh yeah, maybe, you know, some profits are in store or maybe not. Who cares? Uh, shame it was pennies. <laughs> so Mr. Joker was celebrating. He's up 35% and then uh, in his trading account. And then he revealed that his trading account holds $17. Um, so meta staking. Yeah, for KoopCoin, you can stake Coop and get meta. Chris Swenner is creating something called ARC200. We'll talk about that on the show. Do I really want to stake my coop for MetaToken though? Well, I don't know what you want to do. And I'm not exactly sure of the risks of Cometa, but I will say, um, you know, you could swap that MetaToken for coop. It's the gas coop. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Oh, it has a separate gas coin. Guys, can you tell that I haven't done my own research on, um, on VeChain? Where do you keep your butter? Well, I live in California, Chris, and um, I like to keep my butter on the outside of the fridge so it's not a rock when I try to spread it. But in California, with a um, kitchen that is gets a lot of, you know, that wall gets a lot of direct sunlight, sometimes that turns into uh, too buttery. It gets a little too melted. All right. All right. Uh, eggs, keep... They keep eggs outside the fridge here in Germany, but in the fridge in the U.S. I don't understand. Neither do I. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay, I'm done. All right, good. So let's let's actually talk about. Let's go look at some stuff. We were just talking about. Well, let's. You want to start with the joke? Let's start with the jokey uh, type of thing. Did you guys see this? Apparently, outside is turning on an alarm. They're like, talk about real stuff. All right, Dana White. You guys can see this. Oh, you guys can't see this. Look at me catching the mistake. Uh, Dana White, Musk and Zuckerberg are dead serious about fighting in the UFC octagon. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are absolutely dead serious about fighting each other. Dana told Harvey and Charles on TMZ Live Thursday he's been talking and texting with Mark and Elon Wednesday into Thursday and says both men want to square off in Vegas. He talked with Mark and Elon last night. Both guys are absolutely dead serious about this. Oh, my God. This is so stupid. So here we go. I, I like the tail of the tape. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Elon. Come on, buddy. Hit the gym. Hit the gym. Your South African uh, bully roots. Tail of the tape. 39, 50. You're a 51-year-old man. But you got to. Oh, he's only five. It's a shrimp. He's a shrimp. He's only 5'7". You're 6'1". You're from Africa. He's a, he puts weird sunscreen on his face and does hoverboards. Um, you got this. Oh, but Musk, okay, so look at this. So maybe Musk isn't, you know, as doughy as he looks or as soft as he looks. Zuckerberg, you know, obviously BJ, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, uh... But Musk is trained apparently on some level in karate, taekwondo, and judo. <laughs> Send me location. Dane is confident both men are capable of handling themselves. Zuck has been in jiu-jitsu competitions recently, and Elon has done martial arts and told Dana he was involved in plenty of fights growing up in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, Zuck kind of looks like he knows what he's doing. I think, you know, we all heard about him winning, you know, these um, competitions, but I do believe he was in the, like, advanced white belt situation. I mean, this was... I don't really know what the, you know the belt situation is there. I've done a little Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but a little is the operative word. Um, all right, they're saying they're going to charge 100 bucks. So there you go. This psycho crazy thing that they're all talking about may actually come to fruition. All right, moving on. Then we were just talking about J-Pow. And this is an article from a couple of days ago, so it's not exactly new. But uh, he says, okay, the Fed should play a role in regulating stable coins. But this... This isn't why I queued this up. Why did I queue this up? We do see payment stable coins as money. We believe that it would be appropriate to have a quite robust federal role in what happens in stable coins going forward and leaving us with a weak role and allowing a lot of private money creation at the state level would be a mistake. Okay, well, that that seems logical. Um, but there was something else I wanted there was a reason I, I queued this up that wasn't because I was like, oh, this isn't really about stable coins. This is, oh, this is what he came out against CBDCs. That's what I wanted to read. Central bank digital dollar, not on the horizon. Powell also used his appearance before Congress to knock down the suggestion that the Fed might issue a digital dollar directly to Americans or that a digital dollar was on the near term horizon. Asked whether a digital dollar could disrupt financial privacy, Powell responded potentially, and that's not something we would support. Or, I mean, 
that quote's weird, potentially, and that's not something we would not support. Now, if he actually said that, that's a weird double negative, but I think that that was a block error. Um, do you guys need a, uh, a copy editor or whatever that's called? Uh, the Fed chair noted that the central bank is a long way from deciding whether to issue a CBDC, but noted again that if a digital dollar does happen, it would be issued in a way to maintain financial privacy and not displace the existing financial system. We would not support accounts at the Federal Reserve by individuals while adding that if we were to support at some point in the future a CBDC, it would be one that would be intermediated through the banking system and not directly at the Fed. So there you go. Um, any uh, CBDC will be issued by the, you know, or mediated by the banks. That's what we want. But I like the idea that he's like, yeah, no, we don't like the lack of privacy in CBDCs. So... <laughs> Some, some more fuel for my pro Jerome Powell take. <laughs> God. All right, let's move on. So let's go over here. Oh, since we're talking about stable coins, let's look at this real quick. Stablecoin movement may hint strongly at asset prices path forward. A recent increase in stablecoin flows and exchanges may signal an increase in bullish sentiment. The buying power of stablecoins has increased recently. The supply of stablecoins sent to crypto exchanges has risen as well. Stablecoin movement in totality can hint at BTC and ETH price direction. Now, maybe I'm overestimating this or giving too much value to this, but Celsius, which Fahrenheit um, won the auction to you know, manage all of their assets. And Fahrenheit is backed primarily by Arrington Capital, which are investors in things like Algo, XRP, um, I guess Moonbeam, Dot, that ecosystem. So they have their, they have their fingers in a lot of ecosystems that I, um, I, I play around in. But the point is, Arrington, huge, huge, uh, whatever, you know, a group of people that invest in, in, in crypto, they made very explicit, I'm having a hard time this morning, guys. Um, they made it very explicit that they're going to move a very large amount of their altcoins into Bitcoin and Ethereum starting July 1st. Now, does that mean that they're going to, you know, market sell all of their Matic at, you know, 12.01 a.m. on July 1st? No, but that means that they have indicated that they want to move all in on BTC and ETH because that's going to be their strategy to earn back their, you know, their the customers' money, so that shows their confidence in Bitcoin and Ethereum don dominance moving forward, and that should also indicate: look, we're already getting this bullish momentum. I'm sure we're going to get some sort of correction down, but you got to be aware that there's going to be a lot of buying pressure for Bitcoin and Ethereum, led by Arrington Capital and Fahrenheit Celsius. So. That's something to at least take into account when you are DCAing or trading or whatever. Okay, let's just look at this real quick. Recent stablecoin movement, which usually provides insights into market movement, may have a more immediate impact and foreshadow crypto's price path. The total stablecoins on exchange addresses has increased 5.6% uh, since June 14th, according to on-chain analytics firm Glassnode. The increase ends a 60% decline that began in December. Stablecoins are often a mechanism to acquire crypto assets. An increase in stablecoins sent to exchanges represents an increase in buying power as well as bullish sentiment. An increase in exchange stablecoin balances is, a, is akin 
to an increase in the number of people standing in line to vote. In this case, the vote being cast is which is for which cryptocurrency the buyer is looking to exchange their stablecoin. Okay, whatever. What am I reading? Um, okay, you get the point. People are moving stablecoins to centralized exchanges, which would make people think that they're going to buy crypto. All right, you guys got it. Now, do you hold your Bitcoin on Swan? Because you might want to be careful. Prime Trust has a shortfall of customer funds, Nevada regulator says. Nevada regulator alleged that Prime Trust was unable to meet customer withdrawals as recently as yesterday. So Prime Trust is a custodian for a lot of different, um, a lot of different places. I know at some point, in USDC, I know TUSD, we're going to look at that in a second, and some inconsistencies there. I don't know if there's been any breaking news on that. I, I queued this all up last night. But crypto custody firm Prime Trust is a shortfall in customer funds. Okay, we read that already. Um, overall financial um, condition is considerably deteriorated to a critically deficient level. On or about June 21st, respondent was unable to honor customer withdrawals due to a shortfall of customer funds caused by a significant liability on the respondent's balance sheet owed to customers. Additionally, respondent failed to safeguard assets under his custody and is unable to meet all customer withdrawals. And that sounds bad. The Nevada Financial Institution Division was actively monitoring the um, solvency of Prime Trust in anticipation of a potential acquisition or merger. Ultimately, Prime failed to safeguard assets under its, custody, uh, its custody and cannot meet all client withdrawals. As such, Prime has breached its fiduciary duties to its clients in violation of Nevada trust laws. Um, NFID's uh, primary objective is to preserve any enterprise value remaining in Prime for the benefit of Prime's clients. Yet they were going to think it was they were going to be acquired and then they canceled that you know and by the way it looks like bitcoin's pushing down a little bit um but they are they you know they will hold some stable coins uh backing tusd is among them so yesterday in response to this true usd tusd they tweeted prime trust has suspended all deposits of fiat and digital assets True USD is not affected by this situation. We have no exposure to Prime Trust and maintain multiple USD rails for minting and redemption. Rest assured, all your funds are safe with TUSD. As always, we remain committed to taking proactive uh, measures to protect our users' funds and maintain our role as a trusted and reliable partner in the crypto space. If you know, if you don't know, uh, TUSD was the stablecoin that Binance International moved to their free uh, spot trading, uh, their fee-free, their free fee spot trading on Binance International from BUSD to TUSD. So they say that we have no exposure to Prime Trust, but this is the email that they sent to all their customers. Dear TUSD user, let's share this instead. We are reaching out to you to inform that our banking partner, Prime Trust, is halting all deposits and disbursements. Unfortunately, this means that you will be unable to mint and redeem TUSD as well as any of our true coins, including TAUD, TCAD, and TGBP. 
while Prime Trust operations are suspended. The suspension of services at Prime Trust was issued by an order of the Nevada Financial Institution Division, which was received on Wednesday. We will be in regular contact with the team at Prime Trust to determine blah, blah, blah. We apologize for the inconvenience. If you have any questions, blah, blah, blah. True USD team. So there is some inconsistencies there, aren't there? So obviously, TUSD is in trouble. And we all know that TUSD is heavily affiliated with uh, Justin Sun, who is, um, you know, somebody that is uh, probably in the scope of the U.S. government for criminal charges, potentially, and certainly, uh, you know, in the scope of the SEC. So there is a tangled web here. A lot of dominoes, a house of cards that's about to fall. What does that look like? I have no idea. Speaking of Binance, they pushed back on the SEC this week. Meta Lawman, follow him at Meta Lawman. Um, he tweeted, in an aggressive move, Binance has gone on a fence against the SEC in the federal court case. Lawyers for the Binance defendants have filed a motion accusing the SEC of engaging in unethical conduct. This is a big deal. Binance has accused the SEC of violating court rules by making statements outside of court that are false, designed to harm Binance U.S.'s customers, and likely to taint the jury pool. Binance argues that after entry of an order agreed to by the parties, the SEC issued a misleading press release claiming it had secured emergency relief, CZ had commingled and diverted customer assets, and the order was essential to protecting investor assets. Binance argues that when questioned by the judge repeatedly, the SEC attorneys were unable to point to any evidence that CZ had diverted or commingled customer assets. And Binance argues the SEC has violated not only court rules, but also the SEC's own code of conduct. And this is the interesting part of all this. If you think, uh-oh, what is Binance doing? Why would they go this route? Isn't this just going to speed up the Department of Justice to pressing charges and cause more problems? If you're thinking that, I think this is interesting. It's noteworthy that these allegations of misconduct are signed by Bill McLucas and George Canellos, both of whom served as the head of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. Finance's law team has these two dudes who formerly served as the head of SEC's Division of Enforcement. Accusations of unethical conduct coming from these lawyers will definitely reverberate in the halls at the SEC. The SEC will come back swinging. They will argue their press release was fine because, A, they did not concede what Binance says was conceded. B, they are allowed to repeat allegations from their own complaint. And C, Binance's own post-hearing statements were improper. Bottom line, this is just the beginning. Binance is clearly going on the offensive. The Binance lawyers are signaling to the SEC that they will be in for a real fight, just like the Ripple case. And if you want to read the motion for order... It's, it's here, and you can find it on this dude's um, site. There you go. What else we got? BlackRock says institutional DeFi use is far away, but they're big on tokenization. Um, BlackRock said that the crypto players like Coinbase have a role to play in bridging the gap between traditional finance and DeFi. World's largest asset manager, BlackRock, stormed the crypto market with his filing of the spot Bitcoin ETF last week. 
Although Brock, uh, BlackRock seems optimistic about the institutional crypto adoption, it believes that similar participation by institutional players in DeFi will take many years. Speaking at the uh, Coinbase Crypto Summit, Joseph Shalom, uh, BlackRock's head of strategic partnerships, said that the company has been discussing with its clients the implications of DeFi and the regulatory hurdles that they need to overcome. However, Shalom added that institutional adoption of DeFi will still be many, many, many years away. Not that I'm pessimistic, I just live in a highly regulated space and so do our clients. During his recent address, he said that crypto players like Coinbase have a role to play and serve as a bridge between traditional investors and DeFi since they offer institutional grade wallets. Interestingly, BlackRock has chosen Coinbase as a custodial service provider despite the fact that the SEC slapped a lawsuit against the exchange earlier this year. Many in the crypto circle believe that this could help the SEC reach a faster settlement with Coinbase. Crypto exchange Coinbase has been serving institutional investors for a while, offering regula regulated custodial services. It also manages the cash reserves of USDC, stablecoin issuer circle. Uh, Shalom also said that BlackRock is actively exploring tokenization and stablecoins as keys of areas of interest. The company has been engaging in discussions with clients regarding the potential use of well-backed stablecoins and facilitating the movement of institutional funds. Recently, Jerome Powell also spoke about the need of having a regulatory framework for stablecoins while acknowledging that stablecoins are a form of money and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin have staying power as an asset class. So they be pumping, folks. Litecoin hits an all-time high in payment transactions. That's the nice thing about Litecoin. It actually makes sense as uh, money. All by itself without the help of other shit. Other shit like lightning is what I mean. Who the hell is Julia Hill and why did I put this here? Julia Hill. All right, what did I miss? I missed some stuff. I know it. I can feel it in my bones. Did I lose you guys? Where am I? Oh, there we are. All right, I wonder how long that was like that. The LTC having is soon, right? Yeah, it is very soon. When is that? Uh, it's this year. And, you know, if you look at the history, and I've said this before on the show, but if you look at the history of Litecoin and the having, is, um, it's not great. The numbers aren't great. The, the price doesn't really react like it has with Bitcoin. But I believe it's just the timing of probably in, in, you know, in comparison to when the Bitcoin halving is. But uh, yeah, it's soon. August 2nd, Samino just came through. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I wouldn't really FOMO into that. I would look at the broader market at this point. I don't think. But, you know, whatever. Maybe. Yeah, at least three U.S. states. I mean, I remember early on when I first started talking about Algorand, it did. It felt inevitable that there was going to be a, a central bank digital currency. And a lot of us were like, well, MIT, Gary, we didn't know Gary was going to be the SEC guy at that time. But still, MIT, Gary Gensler had, you know, obviously a long history that we all sort of knew about and, you know, Silvio and thinking, OK, well, this is the person that they would want to get in bed with because of his gravitas. Ciao, Micha. I think that means, hello, kitty. <laughs> I think that's what like a gross Italian guy might say to uh, to a girl, trying to, ciao, Micha. You know, 
donde, not donde esta. Now we're going to Spanish. That's how good I am at Italian. Um, any Italians out there listening to me right now being like, what is he doing? Uh, okay. So yeah. So yeah, the Litecoin having is uh, not that exciting potentially, but Litecoin is Litecoin is a getting a regulatory pass and it's usable and it's been around forever and it survived and Michael Saylor mentioned it. So, you know, I don't hate my Litecoin. I would a thousand percent watch this fight. Chris Wetter says I would too, by the way, we should all watch it together. Yeah, he, he seems out of shape. But, you know, there's also, he is also a, the richest man. Or I don't know if he's currently the richest man. Oh, yeah, Tesla's been pumping. So Elon Musk is certainly like, I think he's the richest man in the world. Him and Zuck have no, um, they're not hurting for help. So if it's six months down the road, Musk could certainly train. That's funny. Uh, it was my grandfather that came over on the boat, Mr. Joker. Went through Ellis Island and everything. <laughs> uh, okay, so there you go. We did have we we did have an Italian in there, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure Chow Micha. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he understands that. Okay, let's just kind of go back. Let's look and see how the the markets opened. Is was it as bloody as we thought? Oh, I need to share. I lost this screen share. I don't know how long ago I did, but it disconnected. Look at CNBC real quick. Go back there. So the market opened down for sure. Losing week. Goldman Sachs faces big write-down on CEO David Solomon's ill-fated green sky deal. Ooh, we got a, Neur a Neuralink competitor, Precision. So now they're in a race to put chips in our brain. My least favorite thing about Elon Musk is these fucking chips in our brain. Oh my God. Do not like that. Makes me, it creeps me out. Neuralink competitor precision neuroscience conducts its first clinical study to map human brain signals. I mean, now this is different. <laughs> How much I hate it. And then you realize that it actually could help people. Um, Precision Neuroscience is an industry competitor working to help patients with paralysis operate digital devices by decoding their neuro signal neural signals so i guess that's good so there is a good reason for it all right fine i give up I, I, all i can picture is some dystopian world where everybody gets those chips but i don't and then i become a neanderthal and everybody's uh far advanced i already feel like that sometimes i actually don't really feel like that i actually oftentimes feel like people are pretty stupid <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Bloomberg, anything, anything fun? You can, are you telling me before I sign off? I was going to talk a little bit about, oh, Algorand. Did you guys know that they could, you could build Uber on top of Algorand? Here, let me look up.
airy. Let me just, I'll go foundation. Go there. Okay, we're here at the Algorand Foundation website. We see celebrating four years of uninterrupted Algorand awesomeness with one super mega thread. Now let's dig into the past and see how long we can make this thing. You guys want to learn about Algorand right now? Or do you just want to read about this on your own? It all started with Sylvia McCauley and Jingane's work that used the right tools for the job. The Algorand white paper is a must read. We can't go further without talking about Silvio, probabilist, probabilistic encryption, zero knowledge proofs, VRF, verifiable random functions. Now let's dive into a summary of proof of stake. Okay, no, no, no. This isn't what we're here for. It's great. You can read that. You can see the impressive track record. What a, what a time for milestones. Give it up for Sylvia McCauley celebrating four years of Algorand and 30. Okay, let's hear you. What, what you got for us, Silvio? Happy birthday, Algorand. Very glad that we're just on time for our anniversary. We produced a new upgrade of the protocol, which makes it even faster. Now our block is going to be produced in 3.3 seconds. And by the way, it's going to be block number 30 million. Thank you all for making this great network boss possible. We really look forward to our future. And uh, this is our anniversary and this is you know, the many years that comes later. Thank you very much. Go Algra. Happy birthday, Algrand. Happy very birthday, Algrand. Ciao, Silvio. Come on, the, the recoup. Let's talk. Uh, I promise not to talk like that. All right. Algorand has significantly cut block time on the network via an upgrade in an effort to make app development faster and more cost efficient. So what is it? 3.3 seconds now? And very soon we're going to be doing 10,000 transactions per second. We. I was going to say this and I'll say it. Look. I recently have been a little critical of Algorand. I personally feel like in a lot of ways, fairly. And this is far before the SEC came out in the Bittrex lawsuit. I, I um, you know, you guys were watching, but I had some concerns about the early days, some information that I got about some lawsuits about the early days of um, a lot of, of Algorand, right? And it just opened up a lot of questions with the way things were, were going in the, in the early days. And then clearly, the SEC is also concerned about how a lot of that stuff went down. Fine. And then I would, and that I think is very valid. And, you know, there are lawsuits that are pending. And I'm not going to really dive into those until, because you guys can if you want. It's all public. But um, I don't really know all the details. I don't have the energy to kind of continue down that road, continue to put my neck out when I don't have all of the facts. I don't want to be saying things about borderless or anybody involved that um, or continue to be saying any things because we just don't know. Frankly, I haven't seen borderless uh, very active in the Algorand community recently, so we'll see how that goes. But my point is, is that so much of that has changed now. All those faces are different now. You don't even see, like I'm saying, borderless as much. And so much turnover at uh, 
ink, so much, so much turnover at Foundation. And then I kind of directed some some criticism towards Stacy. I think it is um, valid, and she would admit it, I'm sure, about her uh, sell your algo defense of you know uh, Terribellini and all that stuff. I mean, I think that that's fair. But that's again, like, do I really know anything about Terribellini other than what has been accused? Maybe the dude's innocent. Maybe he's gotten a bad, bad rap. Maybe Stacy knows that or whatever. Okay. But still valid criticism. But then I started to dive into certain things about how she is running the foundation. And then just the past couple of days, I've sort of said, I'm like, who gives a shit? And what I think how she should run it. She should just run it the way she needs. And then maybe she's navigating behind the scenes in a way that is actually um, enabling Algorand to do what we're clearly headed towards, which Congress is working on, is a way for these centralized entities or, you know, these kind of centralized starts to become decentralized over time. So moving from a security to a commodity. Maybe that is what's happening in the background for Algorand as well. Maybe some of the the, the verbiage in Bitrix does indicate that there's a time period that they're looking at, but over time, now all the faces are different. I've said it in previous episodes. You know, John Woods wasn't at Algorand when all of this drama was happening, when all of the stuff, you know, the sale went down, the Dutch auction, all of that stuff. So I guess I'm saying is I'm feeling a little better about the whole thing. I feel like maybe some of my criticisms and uh, direct pointing at Stacy could have been misguided. So I just wanted to throw that little, uh, that little, what is that called when you put out a, a, uh, a thing in peace? You know, I don't, I don't need to continue to beat that horse. I'm rooting for Algorand. It clearly, look, I'm in other things. I am somebody that supports Bitcoin. I'm a ra- I'm a rationalist. I'm a logical person. Bitcoin and Ethereum aren't going anywhere. Even in my most bullish days of Algorand, I was calling for a bronze medal party. But I also believe that you know Dot and Polkadot is also a big player that has a lot of potential to disrupt, uh, you know, Ethereum and 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 all of that. And they have played well with the regulators. Still, with all of that and my experience of trying all of these other network layer twos on Ethereum, all the stuff, Algorand is the best playground for DeFi. And I won't go anywhere as long as it's okay to use and it still continues to produce like that. There's no reason to go. There's still a ton of opportunity. There's a great con- uh, there's a great community. There is um, I've made friends. It, it grows. It, it keeps on getting punched in the face, and the price is clearly bad, and it's hurt a lot of people financially, and that sucks. And a lot of that has to do with um, a lot of the selling. But anybody who's going to do that, they have to run operations. This way is structured, but still, a lot of the selling, any kind of momentum over the last three years. Felt like it got killed with what was once accelerated vesting, or now if the price pumps, they need to get the best price to you know pay all of these people. I'm not saying anything about any of this is perfect. My point is is that I'm rooting for it, and I'm going to continue to call it out. But at the same time, I'm not quite as down on Stacy these days as maybe I was a few months ago. I don't know. What do you guys think? A peace offering. Yeah. A peace offering to the foundation. Because I do, you know, 
they're a completely different group of people and they are navigating a hellscape, right? Aren't they? Like, imagine what they have to deal with. Algorand Inc. is in Boston, for Christ's sakes. Stacy, I mean, I guess I don't know where she is, but I assume she, I mean, I, at one point she was in D.C. Um, I don't know where Stacy is, but these people are Americans. They're dealing with this company. You know, they're trying to push this forward. I just, I, when I think about it, I think, shit, that would be hard. <laughs> so, you know, I'm rooting for him is my point. Bitcoin dominance, 51.6. What was it before? Uh, is that uh, how much is that growing? Coop has come full circle. <laughs> I'm back, folks. I'm back. Anyways, I mean, I'm, I still have a lot that I could critique, but I do. Uh, but you guys use Algo, right? Like it's. It's so good on so many levels and it's only getting faster and it's secure and it's never been down. So that is, it's just, it, it still makes sense to me is my point. Um, imagine the conversations. That's the thing is that, you know, at this point in Algorand's history, it's putting, it's put a lot of pressure on retail. There's a ton and I'm sure on institutions, I bet heavily on them too, but they probably got a ton free because it's all rigged. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Another circle. No, but I, uh, what was I going to say before I said that? Um, yeah. So there's been a ton of pressure on retail. So many people believed so heavily along with me and deployed a ton of capital in their belief and then they got borderline, they got wrecked, if, especially if you were just holding and you know you believed in that in, in 10 years type of thing. And right now it's at an inflection point. It's at this point where a lot of people are just going to give up and they're going to cut their losses. And by the way, if you are convinced that Algorand is um, going to die, cutting your losses at this point isn't necessary. If you're going to move it, I mean, if you sell and give up on cryptocurrency in general, well, that's an interesting decision that you have to make for yourself and, you know, for your own mental health and all that. But at the same time, a lot of people don't sell because they're so down. But, you know, sometimes you can sell your losers because you're in and, um, you know, something else is way down as well compared to how, you know, if you had bought that thing at the same time you bought Algo, you would still be hurting on that thing as well. So you can move over, you know, you pivot, Right. Or you hedge and you don't go so all in on one thing. I think at this point, what we're learning is, is it's probably wise to diversify your crypto portfolio because there are going to be winners and losers and there's going to be surprising losers and there'll be surprising winners. So, oh man, I'm rambling a lot today. I, I started the show with the ramble about Bitcoin dominance and I'm ending the show with the ramble about uh, selling your losers. Oh boy. Glad this week's almost over. Um, but the point is, is if Algorand wins, if it's still around in 10 years, you're going to be extraordinarily happy, Mr. Joker, and based on your comment. Do I even put this episode on the podcast? Like It feels like such a rambly mess. Anyways, um, Bitcoin dominant. 
Good afternoon, dear Cooper. Thank you. I had to jump right as he started hitting on Stacy. Well, if you want to show it. All right, market cap Bitcoin dominance, 51.59%. It's up. It's actually a good chart for me to be showing. So this is Bitcoin dominance year to date. Today, it's up on the week. It's, you know, this is... It was sub 50% and then it climbed over the last month. So June 3rd, we were sitting at like 47% total crypto market cap. You know what? This is something that I'll start showing. Thanks, John. Um, the beginning of the year, oh, this isn't even yet. Yeah. Look at that. We started the year at about 40%. January 9th, Bitcoin dominance was 40%. Now we're at 51%. It's up about 8% over the last year, because here we are in July. So it was like 43%. It hit a low, it looks like, in the last year of 39%. What is the lowest ever? Interesting. Looks like we've been hitting we've we've been hitting all-time lows and it's starting to climb up. I mean, that's pretty, it's a long time ago. All right, interesting. There we go. And I think this is going to creep up. It would make a lot of sense. I think we'll probably see these types of numbers again. I think we're going to get a time. We're headed back to Bitcoin dominance being around 60, 65%. Now, what is the wild card in this is the institutional adoption of Ethereum. So they're going to maintain a pretty high percentage as well. Here we are looking at ETH dominance. It's sitting right under 20%. And um, over, I guess, what is this today? You know, I mean, this this looks drastic, but it's got to have been going down over the last week. Yeah, it's down over the last week. It's been sliding down, frankly. So it was at over 20%. Now we're sitting at under, this is still kind of pennies. So if you look at that, 
the entire crypto market cap is 70%, 71% Bitcoin and ETH. This is why you want to have exposure to Bitcoin and ETH. I mean, they're pretty much the entire thing. Let's see. It got up. You know, it just, it, it looks like it just basically sits at 20%. And it doesn't go much lower than 19%. In 2020, during COVID, it was sitting around 10%. And then it got much more popular. You guys are watching me kind of look at this. Um, all right. Yeah. ETH, you guys want to know? Uh... <laughs> Let's look at this. No, they don't even have one for that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, look, let's look at the thing. Let's get rid of this. Let's look at that. It's rigged. Algorand is definitely not rigged. Don't think I would even consider leaving Algorand until the chain is down. Elbow cough. I will run Algorand by myself if all other relays will go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have Ludo. He's a relay node runner. He he will not be censored. Ludo, we're counting on you to not be censored, sir. Censorship resistance. We can say with the utmost conviction that Algorand is censorship resistant because at the very least, Ludo will keep on running his relay. Oh, thanks, Dustin. He says, Coop, your rambles are what makes this show great. I appreciate you, man. I've I've had an interesting week. My brain is, you know, I'm 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 healing. <laughs> I'm healing, folks. I'll get there. Bitcoin dominance takes a breather at 69%. Calling it now. There we go. Mr. Joker, we're gonna get to 69%. Yeah, it'll be Bitcoin season, then alt season. That's the way it usually works, isn't it? I remember throwing hundred dollars on literally any altcoin and making 300 to 400 while sleeping. Those were the days. Weren't those the days when everything was just up only? You'd wake up, David Portnoy, at 6.30 in the morning. For me, I actually watched him for a little while. And his whole thing was, is the, the stock market only goes up. That guy probably got wrecked, didn't he? But he's doing fine. Every year, a new generation of young people learn about cryptocurrency. I mean, seriously. Like, I'm totally brainwashing my children, poor people, poor kids. Um, every year, a new generation. We already read that. Uh, VC on Opal dumped. This is why we coop. Do we? Did we see that on? Um, okay, ciao. Have a good weekend too. I made a killing with those banter guys. Those banter guys. Um, VC on Opal dumped. Which VC was it? Borderless? Did Borderless dump Opal? I don't know. I don't want to speculate on things like that especially when I don't know. Um, I don't know why I'm not just signing off. It's like, uh, 
anything happen? Let's go here. We can look at Twitter one more time. Let's look at look at Twitter with Coop for a second. You can watch Coop on Twitter. Look at Twitter. What a what a way to what a time to be alive. Oh, here. <laughs> I love this guy so much. Merchant of Algo, Coop has staying power as an asset class. Motherfuckers. <laughs> this is Jerome Powell presenting to Congress a Coop coin. I present to you a Coop coin. Oh, this this guy, that's a funny picture. God, I love Merchant of Algo. If, you got, if you're not following Merchant of Algo, look at that. It's a crime. This guy's the funniest guy on the internet, and he only has 1,175 followers. Everybody must go follow Merchant of Algo. He's the funniest meme maker. No offense to all you other meme makers on Algorand. Um, and he says, maybe it's because Spanish is my native language, but Algo really means something to me. That must, uh, Algo must mean something in Spanish. Man, this guy... Our buddy uh, Prim, give him a shout out. He's an interesting character. He really loves this uh, Sonic, uh, Barack Obama pylon coin that made Bitcoin the ticker. Really into it. Can I list my rugs on Facebook Marketplace? Thank fuck is Friday. Coop community token staking on Comita Hub starts in six hours. All right, there we go. Okay, let's just look at the trending stuff and see if anything happened. And I'm gonna sign off. Circle was the top depositor aided by SVB government rescue. And thank God they did. Because <laughs> that would have been brutal. The FDIC guarantee included over $3.3 billion the USDC stablecoin issuer held at the lender. USDC stablecoin issuer Circle was the top depositor held by a government-backed guarantee of Silicon Valley Bank, according to Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation documents seen by Bloomberg. Regulators stepped in to protect creditors of the bank after it collapsed in March, the move was needed to restore confidence and aid the economy, but reignited the debate over whether the government was effectively allowing financiers to take excessive risk. Circle Internet Financial, which said at the time it had $3.3 billion in holdings at the bank, was followed in the list of top depositors by units of the bank itself and then by tech-focused venture capital firm Sequoia with just over $1 billion according to documents sent by the FDIC to Bloomberg under the Freedom of Information Act, which were not redacted for commercially sensitive data and an apparent mistake by the regulator. After SVB exposed... Oh, so they... Wait, what? <laughs> Circle Internet Financial, which said at the time it had $3.3 in holdings at the bank, was followed in the list... Okay, we read that, but 
according to documents sent by the FDIC to Bloomberg under the Freedom of Information Act, which were not redacted for commercially sensitive data. An apparent mistake by the regulator. <laughs> Either that's intentional or these people are supposed to be regulating and they can't even protect whatever this data is. All right, whatever. Stupid. Yeah, Bitcoin's showing some strength with the stock market pushing down. I'm having a hard time saying goodbye to you guys today. It's... CNBC is really mad about this ad blocker. They're like, we're going to give you this notice so much that you're going to just be like, fine, turn on ads. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Right, thanks for coming. That yeet token. Merchant's funny as fuck. Merchant is gold. Merchant the goat. Prim doing anything with that yeet token. I don't care. Prim isn't affiliated. Okay. Uh, borderless wallet doesn't hold Opal. Am I missing something? That the Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just said that because I know that there's they have backed Opal, at least at the beginning. That's the news about Opal. Oh, okay. Borderless support of the seed round funding, I think. Yeah. You need the ad blocker blocker. <laughs> yeah. They used to hold. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. See you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Um, yeah. I'll see you Monday. Peace.